Welcome back to Fortitude, folks. Today we have a guy by the name of Chris Howell. He's a Dallas guy, but we're going to embrace him, bring him into the fold, and show him a little love because this guy does some really impressive stuff. Welcome to the show, Chris. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for not holding it against me, JJ. I, I, I do really appreciate not. it. Yes. You do have experience in this. Is this look right to you? The record button has been pushed yes. uh, this time. So. Our friend, Mr. Chris Howell, he does this. He's done this for a long time, Britton, so he could probably give us a few pointers. Yes. Yes. So yes. you no, see. But I really like the setup. I mean, you guys got an awesome setup. I'm looking over there to try to see because you asked about that record, <laughs> but I think you're recording. It's, oh, it's lit up. Good, if you see you. any mistakes along this process, let us yeah. know because we need all the help we can get. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm learning as, I, as I'm sitting here. I'm observing and I'm learning. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Always thank you. To learn. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your time. Yep. Your story is really incredible. We want to share thank it with, uh, with our folks, our, our moms, of course. We have two fans. <laughs> so at least our moms yeah. will know we have a bigger audience. They follow audience. us on multiple yes. channels, though, so it actually feels a little bit bigger and more exponentially large. Okay. <laughs> but you're an award-winning journalist for yes. a good period of time. You wrote a book called Man Talk. Yes. Before, I'd like to stop right there. Tell us about um, this book, Man Talk, if you don't Ab- Absolutely. I'm excited about it. Man Talk is a book that I actually wrote, though, in 2004. And Man Talk was derived out of sessions that I was hosting at the Potter's House Man, uh, the Potter's House of Dallas. It's a church there where Bishop T.D. Jakes is the pastor. And uh, we wanted a program that offered something to men more. Bishop Jakes had the Sunday morning covered, so he had the whole spiritual aspect covered. He's pretty good at it, I hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best at it. So we wanted something that kind of talked to the practical issues that we as men face. So we designed a program. It was the second Wednesday of every month. Where we talk, it was entitled Man Talk. We brought men in on a Wednesday evening. Anywhere from 500 to 1,000 guys would attend. We would talk about a man in his education, uh, a man in his wardrobe, a man in his uh, attire, and a man in his woman. You know, things of that nature to really just speak to that practical issues we had been faced. And it was surprising that so many guys responded to it. But the challenge with it was so many guys were at their own church on a Wednesday night or they're working or whatever the reason is they couldn't make it. So we wrote Man Talk in a way to really try and continue that conversation further out into the community. And uh, I've been pleased with it. Very nice. When you look across this desk at these two guys over here, what what immediately sticks out as a red flag? Clothing, uh, demeanor, looks, what, 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 what? None of that at all. You know what I really see, OJW? Yes. I see two guys who have, are great friends and who are working together in a great way. And that's one of the things that we talk about. We as men really don't have friendships anymore. And that's another important aspect. We really need to embrace friendship and have friends. Have that guy that you can go and you can talk to. The mask comes off and you can be real and honest about what you're facing. Because so many times we hold so many things inside until we implode. And Gosh. nobody knows that you're facing all these things. Like, for example, we'll go to, we talk about it in the book. Uh, you may go to a friend's house for dinner and then your wife, you and your wife are riding in the car and she'll say, man, I really, uh, we're really going to be praying for JW for surgery on Thursday. What do you mean he's having surgery on Thursday? You guys have spent two hours together. You never mentioned it to him, but his wife is in the kitchen telling her, your wife that, you know what, we're going to be praying for him. We really need you guys prayer because he's going to have his surgery or whatever it is. Right. So many times as men, we just don't open up and communicate the way that we should. Thank this. you for those kind words. Yeah. Um, can we get and drafting that, that, that check? And for, that's our show. Um, that's our yes, best show. And, <laughs> yeah. It's just been a great time. Yes, yes, the yes. Thank you for the paid endorsement. You are the president and CEO of the Chris Howell uh, Communications, communication, excuse me, uh-huh. as well as Chris Howell Foundation. Absolutely. Two separate entities. Yes. Um, individually, the Chris Howell Communications. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Chris Howell Communications is like any former journalist. When I came out of the newsroom, I left 90.9 KCBI June of 2013. I like to say that I left, but really they closed the news department and kind of pushed us out of there. What were you doing there? I was a news reporter. Okay. I was a midday news reporter and morning uh, reporter and midday news anchor. 
uh, for 90.9 KCBI FM. I did that for seven years. And then, of course, when you leave the newsroom, the next best thing to do is open up your own communications agency because, of course, now you want to assist folks with getting their story out. So that's what we did. We actually opened up an office November of 2013, downtown Dallas. And have been doing that ever since. Uh, we've had clients such as Dallas Independent School District, Dallas Police Department, uh, Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, and others who've come alongside of us and allowed us to really be able to serve them in a positive way. That's great. When you're on the air, Chris, uh, what's the craziest or uh, a, a normal thing that happened to you? Can you share anything that might have transpired? Because we have a few of our own, but we want to compare it to a, a, an expert. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things, my first time ever going out reporting, we're in the newsroom, we're just talking about what's going to be happening for the day. All of a sudden, we have the televisions up, and all of a sudden, we look up, WFAA, NBC5, everybody's wall-to-wall on this explosion. It was a tire plant that was had an explosion going on there. Mm-hmm. Chris, go. I'm like, what am I supposed to yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> this is my first time yeah. going out. I jump in the vehicle. I'm going down the freeway. Traffic is backed up because, of course, they've got this explosion going on. You can't really get to it. I have to start doing my reporting sitting in the vehicle from behind the wheel. I'm on the phone and I'm just reporting live from what I see going on. I see the plume of black smoke up in the air, things of that nature. And it's live reporting. And that was my very first time ever going out doing it. I get back to the station. Everybody's giving me an applause and said, Hey man, you did a great job. I'm like, well, you know what? I thought I just really fumbled the whole thing. I thought they were going to kick me out and let me, Hey, this is it. You're You're not not cut out for this, but that's great. It it turned out to be a great thing. That's awesome. So So when did the foundation come about? And let me ask this. Um, not, we had a little dis- discussion beforehand. You did name it the Chris Howell Foundation. So yes. d- does anybody ever give you a hard time about that? Debbie, does that, does that go with that? I will say this. No one has ever given me a hard time about it. I sometimes think about, even with Chris Howell Communications, uh, the only reason I named it after myself is because I was trying to take the brand that I had developed over seven years of being on air and hopes that I could can further that brand with naming it the Chris Howell community with naming it Chris Howell communications. When it came time to the foundation, it was a decision uh, because it really, the foundation was started after my brother. It was okay. in honor of him because when we launched the foundation, my wife and I sat down and we looked at now that we have a little bit of a platform, we want to use this platform in a responsible way to give back to the community. So we looked at the fact that her mom and her sister had died due to breast cancer. So we looked at the breast cancer issue and then we looked at HIV and my brother was 33 when he died of HIV mm-hmm. complications of HIV and AIDS. How long ago, Chris? This was in 2016. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. 2000, he died 2006. We started the foundation 2016. And then you left 2007. You started the communications. 2013 is when we left. Okay. Uh, KCBI. Okay. okay. But it was 2006 my brother passed away. It wasn't until 2016 that we started the foundation. Okay. But again, we were thinking, okay, you're on the radio. You have a little bit of a platform. You do the things with the Potter's House. I mean, you've got a little bit of a reputation there. How do we use this in a responsible way? Mm-hmm. Do we try to challenge our energy toward breast cancer or do we have to combat HIV-AIDS awareness? At that time, and I believe even still to this day, Dallas, Texas was continuing to lead the state in new HIV infection rates. Mm-hmm. So we said, you know what? We'll address HIV. So we started the foundation in honor of raising education and awareness regarding HIV, stating the fact that it's still an epidemic in our communities. But the question by the end was, do you name it after Cedric Howell, your brother, or do you name it after Chris Howell? Well, no one knew my brother. Mm-hmm. So I figured the best thing to do would be to name it after myself. So no, no one's ever given me a hard time about it. Fair answer. But that was the reason we started because we thought we'd be able to, again, have the traction from being the brand on the radio, television, things of that nature. And then folks would then lend their efforts to what we were trying to do with the education. So the Britain Payne Foundation, we're not quite ready for that yet, in case you're wondering. No, I think I would get some people giving me a hard time about that. I don't know, though. I I think, you know what, again, many times folks are attracted to the cause. I mean, may not be so much caught up into the name. 
Again, it was just something I did. But if someone's looking to start a foundation, I think, Brent, I don't think you'll have a problem at all. <laughs> I, I think you'll be fine. So, Chris, the on the communications business piece, you have interviewed folks like Zig Ziglar, T.D. Jakes, you mentioned earlier, Sarah Ferguson, and one Joel Osteen. Yeah. Osteen. Um, that these are some pretty good names. We know a little bit about TD Jakes from Metroplex, but what's a guy like Zig Ziglar or Sarah? Can you talk, tell some, uh, tell a little bit of, give us a little bit of feedback from these interviews with these type of people? Absolutely. Well, I had the great fortune of interviewing Zig before he passed away. Uh, I was with KCBI at the time, and of course, Zig was hosting these Monday morning prayer sessions every time. So as when it's in a uh, slow news cycle, you try to think of evergreen product. We said, well, someone like Zig is certainly going to be evergreen. And that means something that you can air at any time. It's not a dated uh, product. Let's take that down. We're going to write that down. (laughs) So they sent me over one morning and uh, had an opportunity to attend the prayer session. After the session, had an opportunity to sit down with Zig. And I'm glad I did. I think it would may have been. It may have been maybe six to nine months before Zig actually passed away. Uh, So I had an opportunity to just really sit down with him and just talk about his career and talk about his faith and how he was not afraid to interject his faith into the work that he did. Most folks who do the work that Zig was doing at the time, motivational speaking, things of that nature, rarely ever show their faith aspect Mm -hmm. of it. They typically just stay outside the frame so they can have more clients, your corporate clients, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I guess one of the things that I really took away from that interview was two things. First and foremost, how much he didn't shy away from his faith. But the other part was how much he loved his wife. I mean, he made no bones about the fact that he loved his wife and he wanted you to know that he loved that little redhead. Mm. And uh, I appreciated that. Surely. Because I think sometimes as men, we don't really do that part well. We don't show our faith as much and we don't really talk about our spouse as much as we probably should. Good point. What do we talk about? Sports. <laughs> yeah. Our cars. Former college athletes. Fishing things shirts. of that nature. <laughs> what was Joel Osteen? We know he is. he's bought the Houston Rockets old uh, Coliseum. Uh-huh. He's turned it into this incredible, huge place. He's got a, a little religious army behind him. It's it's unbelievable. I mean yep. that in a, in a positive way. I don't know much about this man, but... What was, what was Joel like? And you're absolutely right. And I didn't know much about him either prior to interviewing him. And I actually uh, had the opportunity to interview Joel over at Jan Miller and Jeff Rich's home over in uh, Highland Park. That's a part of Dallas. I'm sorry. Not, was he tall? It's not a was he, like, was he taller skinnier than you thought? <laughs> no, he was not. I, I, he was exactly the height that I had imagined he would be. Okay. Uh, only because I guess being in production, I kind of can tell those things. Yeah. Even seeing someone on television, I don't think they're larger or bigger or anything of that nature. But I will tell you, he was the most humble guy. Uh, you know, prior to him coming into the room, his team was very aggressive and wanted to know what we're going to talk about, things of that nature. But we were actually talking about his book, The Power of I Am. And I think that's probably been maybe some three, four years ago uh, when we actually did that interview. But we sat down, we talked about the book. And one of the things that I liked what he said was it was, again, the power of your own words and what you say to yourself and about yourself. And I think that was very important. So it was something that I've always somewhat done in my life, but didn't realize that I guess all of the information and then the uh, research that Joel had done behind it and what it does for your psyche and how it does allow you to either move forward or to remain behind based on what it is you say to yourself. Very nice. So he's a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. Uh, very cordial. Uh, he really, like you guys are talking about the setup you have here. He was really checking out our setup because again, we did this in someone's home in the library of their home Mm-hmm. Took our own lights, took our own cameras and yeah. everything. And he was really checking it out because he's a production guy. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you are. And remember, we had that little thing. You can't copy any no, no, of no, this. No. This is original. But we talked about the possibility of you guys maybe franchising this out. So those Perhaps. who are listening or watching if, and like the setup. And, we know you have some major network ties. We'd be happy to entertain a meeting. <laughs> 
He probably had Joe probably had a piece like behind you, except in the, the authentic piece. That was well, in that home. There's several pieces in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I reckon so. We yes, secure yes. all ours from Aaron Brothers or Michaels, um, <laughs> as well as the frame shop that they have there. I was so. say you're doing better than me. I'm at Ross, man. <laughs> I'm going around for Ross, looking for things to put up. So, so Chris, you're you've been featured in multiple Christian publications. You've produced numerous video projects. In 2014, you won the Each Moment uh, Matters Award. Uh, describe that, please. For, uh, that was a, that's an award that's given by the Presbyterian uh, Foundation. And again, what they do is they look around the uh, landscape in Dallas and they look for individuals who are making an impact in the lives of others. And for that award, I was recognized for, I guess, primarily the work that I had done on KCBI. One of the things that I'd done on KCBI is I had the great privilege of uh, coming up with a program called Christian News Focus. And Christian News Focus was a four-minute program that aired every Friday, and it really highlighted those organizations such as um, Mission Arlington and others who are really making a difference in the community, but rarely get the public exposure that other organizations get. They don't get the United Ways and all the others who get so much exposure. It was really letting the folks know that here are organizations who are really making a difference. And it was doing two things. First of all, it made you aware of the fact that if you needed those services, those services were available to you. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you were looking for an opportunity to partner or volunteer with an organization, there was an opportunity for you to partner, partner or volunteer. So I guess when they came to me about this award, it was like, you know, we really like the work that you've been doing through how you use your voice and the platform of radio to really try and make a difference in the lives of others. Uh, being someone with your background who then stepped up to say, you know what, I'm going to open up a door for other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was grateful for the award, certainly grateful for it. Because when you look in that booklet uh, with some of the other folks who were in there, um, yeah, it, it was a awesome experience. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Let's turn a little bit to the uh, Chris Howell Foundation piece. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us what kind of work the foundation does. We've, we, we all know here, but... For our, for our listeners, please. Absolutely. I thank you for the opportunity to do it. Chris Howe Foundation, again, started in 2016 with a focus on HIV AIDS awareness. We went around through the community. And as we started doing that, the community started really challenging us in some ways and said, you know what? We love the work you guys are doing in this space, but there's so many other things that we really need to address. And so we started looking at it. And with, with HIV uh, education and awareness, you're really telling folks what not to do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do because people don't want to hear what they shouldn't do. <laughs> so what we started looking at, you know, we really want to be more of a voice of empowerment and education. So what we started doing then was saying, okay, let's talk overall health. Let's talk overall wellness and financial literacy. Because if you can restore hope into someone, you don't have to spend so much time telling them what not to do. Folks are engaging in risky and sexual, risky sexual behavior because, again, there's no hope for the future. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm only thinking about this moment. Mm -hmm. So when we started addressing it more from a health standpoint of making taking care of your body, when we started help, uh, focusing more on an empowerment piece to we're going to give you the tools that you need to move you beyond where you are today to where you can have a better tomorrow, then it became less of a what not to do. Of here's what more of what you can do. So what we've been doing uh, prior to COVID, obviously, we were going throughout the community doing health and wellness fairs. And it was overall health, everything that you can think of. We would have folks there to do screening and testing. When COVID hit, we had to shift a little bit like many others. Uh, we had to shift. So what we focused on at that time was how do we get into the community and give folks uh, PPE care packages? That's what we were initially going to start with. We had hand sanitizer, hand soap and mask. We put them in small packages. We're just going to distribute those. We then learned of the USDA uh, food boxes. Once we got a hold of the USDA food boxes, now we're coming with food as well as PPE care packages. And the demand really shot up. Mm -hmm. Our first week out, this is honest, true. Anyone who's there will tell you. We had three semi-tractor trailers 
over 7,000 boxes of USDA food boxes and PPE care packages. We started, we got there at uh, six o'clock that morning. Where were you? We were at Dallas Skyline Ranch. Okay. We started seven o'clock that morning. We didn't leave there till nine o'clock that night because we were committed to making sure that we served every single car and we needed to make sure we served every box because again, these were perishable food items that we couldn't take anywhere else. Right. So we need to make sure we serve them all that day. That was the first one. So then of course, the next week we had a truck lined up. We only had one truck lined up. Thankfully that time we only had one, but we did that every single week from May of 20, from June of 2020 up until May of 2021, where we served on average anywhere from 1500 to 2000 families food boxes and PPE care packages. Wonderful that, thing you did, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it, 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 I look at it this way. It was, I was a recipient of it as a kid uh, growing up in a single parent home in West Dallas. Mm-hmm. There were many times when my mom would be in line similar to that and bringing home boxes similar to those to us. So it was just a way of us to uh, give back to our community and make sure that folks had the things they need to navigate through the pandemic. Outstanding. Um, so just prior to this happening in the year 2017, you were called to Austin to the yes. uh, Texas House Representatives to be recognized. I don't know if you saw this guy over here down there because he used to hang out on those parts. They've not, asked not, me not, not to the, return. Yeah, not for oh. the same reason as you were there for, I don't suspect, but uh, you got called to the floor. That's pretty cool. It was extremely cool. Uh, what happened in that estimates? Well, the year prior, I had received the um, Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce gives out what they call the annual Quest for Success Award. Mm-hmm. And that award is given to the entrepreneurs who are doing well in business, but also doing good deeds in the community. And again, they recognize us for the work that we were doing on the HIV front. So then uh, State Representative Tony Rose uh, invited me down to the Capitol and she wanted to recognize, not only recognize the quest for success, but she also wanted to bring recognition to the work that we had been doing in the HIV space. So she did, did uh, had a proclamation and everything wrote up and uh, read about it, had me stand up in the part where they bring the gavel and everything, oh, yeah. and uh, just read off the work that we had been doing. And uh, it was a tremendous honor. Absolutely. The only time I'd ever, I've been to the Capitol before, but the only time I'd ever actually been in the uh, uh, actual legislative chambers. Have, so, they, have they called you yet? Are you- No, I've been talking to Representative Goldman, but he... He just won't return my calls. So. <laughs> <laughs> so on that, I mean, we know that you're not doing guys like you. They don't do this for that kind of thing. Right. We know that you're you mentioned right. about the, you know, growing up in uh, West Dallas and stuff like that. What What's something, you know, whether it be getting up and looking in the mirror and saying, I'm doing the right things. I'm pretty aligned with this stuff. But what is something that kind of keeps having guys like you do things like this? I guess really knowing, it's, it's a couple of things. First of all, knowing how desperately we needed. Uh, again, because there were times where if my mom didn't have those resources to go to, I don't know how we would have made it at that time. And, you know, that's, I, I've never asked her, but I, I don't know how we would have made it. But then the other part to that is really seeing the gratitude that the people have when you help them, those who are in need. And understanding most of the folks who we were serving when we were doing this throughout the pandemic, these were folks who never, ever suspected or never thought they would be in a food line. And they would tell us that because we would, from time to time, not that we'd always want to stick a camera in someone's face, but we did want to kind of know, you always want to kind of gauge the, the work that you're doing and what mm-hmm. the response is from the folks and could you do, be doing it better? So we would always ask them, you know, and many of them would just say, I never thought I'd be in this position. You know, uh, my husband passed away recently and, and, you know, for whatever reason, he was a provider and I don't have other means of income. I just need some things to help make ends meet. So we found ourselves a lot of times helping folks who were in that situation. So it was the gratitude. I, th- I think that's, uh, yeah. you know what, uh, we're helping to provide a need, not someone who's going to always be in this position, 
but you're helping to bridge the gap until they can get to that next best place. Well, and this may be a no-brainer question because it certainly sounds like it, but in turn, I guess that has made you a more grateful person as well. You better believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So one of your messages that you use often, one of your motivational pitches is being positive and not being negative. So if you could indulge me for one few seconds, look my partner to my right, you could give him a little bit of. Uh, I'm getting there. Give me a gesture and how maybe to find this place because yeah. meeting I don't, people like you, Chris, I don't has know helped. If, yes, I don't know if he quite <laughs> understands that message, but I'm really hoping you can help me here. So I just maintain a positive attitude to say, you know what, man? I mean, you've got to dig in your heels. You've got to do whatever it takes to get beyond this moment and much brighter days are coming ahead. Mm -hmm. And I focus more on the brighter days coming ahead than any Mm -hmm. darkness that I may be going through at this moment. Yes, sir. And it's, it's served me well. You know, it's it's funny you say that I was sitting at my son's football game yesterday and there was a grandmother sitting there and she had this beautiful gold bracelet that on there, it says this too shall pass, right? I mean, it. it kind of typifies what you just said. That's it. And I think we've all, I mean, whether we consciously think about it in that way or not, I think that none of us would be where we are today if we constantly walked around with a negative mindset, you know, because it would keep you in a dark place to where you can't move forward. We're sitting here today because each of us have been through something in our lives and we, you know what, we made a decision to work past that to get to a better place. But some of us like the hibernation in that negative place at times. Yeah, but unfortunately, totally <laughs> when I'm you totally do, kidding. you're not going to get far when you do. <laughs> right. well, Chris, guy that has cookies on his, uh, he has the word cookies on the back of his laptop here. Uh-oh. You can't negative, you can't dare be in a negative no, place no, with no. cookies, man. We'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> That's funny, but well, you're, you're being a great guest. Hold on just a second, Brendan. I'm not. Do- you've been a great guest. I do wish there's more people like you out there. There are well, lots of good guys out there we know, but you're one of the good guys. You have a, you have a voice for radio and a face for TV, so... Oh. You got a cool demeanor about you. We appreciate what you do for the world. We're honored to meet you. Before we go, our last... Uh, but real quick, how do we... What yeah, is yeah. he trying to accomplish here in Fort Worth? Like, how do we folks find you? Man, I'm glad you asked about that. That is a great follow-up question. Thank you. Two things. What we're looking to accomplish with Fort Worth, we just re- the Chris Howe Foundation just recently partnered with Tarrant County Public Health to really, again, we're not going to tell folks one way or another, whether or not they should be vaccinated. But what we are going to do is try and correct the misinformation. What we believe is if folks have the correct information, they can then make the decision for themselves and their families. What's the best choice? But as a guy who's in communications uh, and then someone who happens to have a foundation, we have seen so much misinformation from the CDC and others as it relates to this vaccine. So we're we're grateful to be partnering with this uh, Texas Tarrant County Public Health to be able to provide some sense of most the most accurate and um, up-to-date information to folks as it relates to the vaccine to allow them to make that choice. So we're going to be coming to Fort Worth with that information and uh, we're excited to be able to do that. We look forward to that. So, and finally, before we go, Chris, we ask our guests, aside from your uh, family affairs, children, wives, everything that entails family, what was the best day of your whole life? This may sound like a cliche, but really, it was when I discovered what it is I'm design, what I was created to do. And that really was to be able to encourage and empower others. And uh, I, I really do believe that in my heart, that that's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, I'm an encourager by nature. And so thankfully, uh, yeah, someone, I had a minister tell me one time, 
that God gave you media before he gave you ministry. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that mm -hmm. because I now know how to get the message out to the masses. And uh, yeah. So quickest reply we ever had and maybe the best answer we ever had. So it's a tough, tough question, but you nailed it. So <laughs> it yeah. really is. Yeah. <laughs> so. And typically I'm on the other side asking the tough questions. Yeah. You, you, that was a tough one. Well, that Chris Howell, Chris Howell, so the Chris Howell Foundation. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you guys for Thanks, having me. Thanks, Chris. Because I